0: That I listen to that is consistently like two and a half to three, maybe even three and a half hours long, and it, it's just one wrestling podcast. But there's nothing else that I'm willing to devote that much time to.
1: Yeah, yeah. The longest one I listen to is "You Made It Weird," and I mean that is the nice thing about podcasts is that you know you if you you don't have to listen to it all at once. You know, that's true. Like it'll take me a week or longer to listen to some episodes of, of especially "You Made It Weird," which can be you know. Two and a half. I think think only a
0: few have broken three. I know right now I'm listening to uh, an episode of Podcast the Ride, which is all about uh, just theme park rides, and they're reviewing the new uh, Rise of the Resistance at Disneyland, and it's two hours and 42 minutes long, and I'm at... uh, Let me see this real quick. I am at (laughs) one hour and 10 minutes right now, and they are... Uh, like just getting through like the end part of the queue
1: oh my god like they have
0: they haven't gotten to the ride yet
1: wait so is it like a live commentary like so they stand in line for no two and a half hours and then no Oh, okay i was like that seems like a reasonable amount of time to stand in line for that ride
0: no it, it it's all after the fact
1: <laughs> oh okay i was like that's actually a brilliant idea to do a podcast while you're standing in line there's like nothing to do when you're standing in line
0: (laughs) oh my god apparently the ride is incredible though apparently it is like uh fan service for fans uh uh, who've been there the entire run of the series
1: yeah yeah i've heard i've heard nothing but but good things and is that one in Orlando, or is that one in L.A.? Or uh, are they both?
0: Both now. Uh, the the L.A. one just oh, opened. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it, it was open in Orlando first, and I think the the uh, Disneyland one just opened recently.
1: Yeah, uh, Sarah is in Orlando right now. Oh, uh, actually, she's probably on a she's probably on a plane right now on her way home. But um, she was in Orlando from Wednesday to. Today, this morning, and I, I don't think she got to go to the park. Like when we went down with her a couple years ago, mm-hmm. like her conference ends on Sunday, and then we had you know head to the park like around noon on Sunday and just spent as much time there as we can. Um, but she they just found out that they normally like move around the conference, but it's going to be in Orlando next year too. Um, oh, nice. So, anyway, <laughs> she she always wants to go and, and bring the kids, and <laughs> like Declan will be three and a half, Colleen will be seven. She'll totally be with it. Oh yeah, but Colleen doesn't even remember. When she was four, Colleen doesn't remember going <laughs> to Disney World. <laughs> so, like, talk about a waste of a hundred dollars, you know, whatever I mean, it was. Hey, at least
0: it was only that much, you know. Like, yeah, I, I'll yeah. see, I'll see, like people who are take or packing up and going on entire vacations with their six month old. Like, oh yeah, do you remember that time we oh. went to Ireland?
1: No, I was a fetus. Yeah, waste of time. Yeah, when I see babies at Disney World, I'm like, well, at least uh, I think they're free. I don't know when you have to start paying. It might be like two. Or something but <laughs> I'm like at least it was free but also it's not worth the headache oh my like God, it's not worth yeah. the pain to you to like bring a baby to a theme park like i'm not
0: saying don't bring your kids to to disney obviously because they're gonna yeah. like it but make it count like make sure they're yeah. gonna remember I, I went to disney world i was eight my sister was seven well we we remember it perfectly
1: yeah yeah that's that's the way to do it. I mean, I I show pictures to Colleen and she's like, nah, not not ring a bell. I, I know that's me, but I don't remember it. So, Man. and that was just one kid. Like Sarah wanted to do it this time. Like, a we had just moved, so the money definitely was not there. Oh, but yeah. B, um. You know, I was like, Declan is, you know, so young. That's two plane tickets and two tickets to Disney World plus mm-hmm. my ticket. You know, it's like just not worth the money right now. Let's go in like ten years or something. We'll see next year this time if I'm if I'm there or not. All right, should we get started?
0: Yeah, let's get get let's get going.
1: Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning.
0: I it's the show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. <laughs> I'm just skipping over everything today. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Halliwell.
1: <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about The Pie, Season 5, Episode 15. But before that, we do have some homework <laughs> to get to. Um, why do we start with, because I think you were kind of interested in this as well. Did you do uh, any research about authors and how much money they get and stuff like that? Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, I actually found something that could help us out. So okay. we thought we thought $1 million in 1994 for a, a, a don't get us wrong, like a popular Russian author, but mm-hmm. that was like a lot to yeah. put up, uh, or, or was it? You know, I don't know about nineteen ninety four, but I can't imagine these numbers have changed too much. So um, I found this on Quora. I think a uh, mass selling hardback probably has a list price of twenty two bucks. So most of the royalties will be in the after ten thousand copies are sold level, and then they get fifteen percent of list price per copy sold. That's three dollars and thirty cents per copy, or three hundred thirty thousand dollars for every one hundred thousand hardbacks sold. Okay. So if you sell 300,000 hardbacks, which I guess this Russian author is probably capable of doing, you could make a million dollars. Hmm. Okay. For the mass market paperback, most of the royalties will be in the 10% level, and the price will be maybe 70, 7 per copy, $0.79 cents per sale in royalties. That makes it 79000 per 100,000 copies sold. Oh, my God. Uh, so you're looking at an average of 140000 for every 100,000 books.
0: So you would have to sell, you said 140 for every 100,000 books or vice versa?
1: Yeah, yeah, 140 for every 100,000 books. 140,000 for every 100,000 books sold. Okay, so,
0: so you sell a million books, you'd get a million four, it sounds like? Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow.
1: And the top dozen books per year sell more than a million copies. The next 100 or so are between 100,000 and a million. So if he's like in hmm. the top 200 or the top 150 books sold that year, a million dollars isn't so far off. I guess not. And here's the way book sales work, as far as I can tell, just from this little blurb. Some best-selling authors actually get more per copy because their publishers deliberately overpay on the advance, which is what it seems like. Pendant was doing to snag this well-known author, mm. you know, give him a million dollars advance, and then advance to me sounds like then you work off the royalties, and then you know, uh, up to a million dollars, and then if you sell more than that, you'll get the royalties, but. Um, They do this so that they can pay more money without setting a precedent on royalty rates for other authors. So no one can go and say, hey, you gave you gave uh, what's his name? Testigoff. You gave Testigoff a million dollars. Uh, and it's like, yeah, but his royalty rate's exactly the same as yours. We're just not giving you as big an advance or something like that is, is what it sounds like. Okay.
0: So instead of just like, uh, say, like, okay, here's a big name author. We're going to give him a 20% cut. They just bump up the advance.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because then no one can go and say, well, I want 20% like this guy. It's like, yeah, no, the royalty rate's the same. We're just, you know, we're talking about an advance now is what it sounds like.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: hang on one second. As I mentioned, Sarah's not here, so yeah, the kids are sort of just running, <laughs> running muck around the house. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> while well, while you're I'm hiding in the closet out for them to play with, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, that's that's what I found about the authors. I think that pretty much answers our question that it's not that crazy for them to give him a million dollars.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, it sounds like you and I are in the wrong field. We should just be writing
1: books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I, yeah, I, it sounds a lot easier than it probably is. Just yeah. write a book. That
0: makes me think of like one wrestling podcast I listened to a couple of years ago. This guy left WWE and he thought like his movie prospects were just like going to magically appear out of nowhere. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just go uh, do a Marvel movie.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's like such a, you know, I mean, it it's more common now, so maybe I can see, I don't know when he left, but like back in the 90s, let's say, I mean, wrestlers were not in good movies. No, <laughs> no,
0: no. Well, this was, Um, I, I want to say this was like 20, Uh, anywhere from 2011 to 2013 is when he left, or maybe even 2014, yeah. so th- this was pretty really the boom, I guess, of like, the mcu really picking up steam even pre guardians of the galaxy so it, it was yeah it was before dave batista getting the role of drax so yeah it, it, it was uh, we were
1: still in the age of you know john cena being a bankable movie star or maybe not, not maybe not around not, then not quite yet. actually that does seem a little early
0: yeah yeah not quite yet
1: uh C- cena was still like just full-time wrestler ah well yeah d- d- but so at that time you'd Still, just in your mind, have in my mind, like suburban commando and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not well, you know. I guess twenty eleven was like maybe he thought he was the next rock. I mean, certainly the rock's career was already on fire at that point.
0: Yeah, that's a movie
1: career. I mean. That might have been it. I was trying to think. I was, you you know, The Rock's been a movie star for so long. You like, well, you probably don't forget, but I forget he started in wrestling. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's there's a lot of people who don't know that he was a wrestler.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be crazy. Like you know, kids growing up or whatever, and then they go back and see those clips of him. Like wow, you know, it's like when you see you know Brad Pitt in an old commercial. You know, it's like (laughs) whenever I see actors like in commercials, I'm like, you could be you know an Oscar winner one day or something. It's weird to think that doing like a commercial. For medication or Heineken or whatever, and then 10 years later, you're Brad Pitt. yeah <laughs> Anything can happen, kids. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, the other bit of homework I had, I, I wasn't able to find out, and I guess, you know, I, I literally did Google, do octopuses have, or did octopuses have noses? <laughs> um, and I wasn't able to find, and I even Googled, you know, uh, octopus evolution and stuff like that. But as far as I know, that was BS that George was spouting. It wasn't from like a nature uh-huh. special or anything Man. like that. But I did find this out that was really cool. This article was called, um, let me see, Squid Evolved in Marine Wars More Than 100 Million Years Ago from NewScientist.com. Isn't that cool?
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> it says that new research from scientists uh, suggests that the octopus and its relatives developed their bizarre body plans and unusual <laughs> abilities during a period of upheaval beneath the waves known as the Mesozoic Marine Revolution.
0: Hell, yeah. <laughs>
1: What the hell? What are you guys doing down there? <laughs> the Mesozoic what Marine I- Revolution? <laughs> yeah, the Mesozoic Marine Revolution. <laughs> I-, I honestly did not read any farther to find out what the hell that was because I was like, I'm just going to stop there. That's that's just cool enough. <laughs> it- it's
0: not going to get any better than that.
1: <laughs> no, Mesozoic Marine Revolution. <laughs> oh my god that is uh yeah that's that's pretty awesome and then i do have uh just a couple of other notes from the marine biologist let's see oh sequences which were filmed but we so we got some deleted scenes from the marine biologist uh george giving an in-depth account of his made-up visit to the galapagos islands Mm -hmm. so i'm guessing maybe some of that was like on the beach with uh who was it diane maybe or something like that or maybe on the phone uh longer bit on the phone because that was pretty short oh okay and newman a mentally unhinged Kramer vacuuming non-existent sand. So maybe that, because we were like that boot to the head that Newman oh, takes. yeah. It doesn't really pay off. Maybe, maybe. K- so maybe he like went up to Kramer's apartment and found him doing that or something.
0: Yeah, maybe like the scene that we did see was him leaving after that. And, th- and that would explain oh, yeah. why Newman is walking uh, below the apartment building.
1: That could be it too, yeah. But wait, he lives in the same apartment building.
0: Oh, does he? That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> so maybe he was like on his way in and was like, Wait, why did a boot drop on my head? And then he goes up and, and you know, uh finds Kramer vacuuming non-existent sand or something like that so the 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 kramer sand thing did extend to uh, an extreme but oh i'm God. i'm almost you know i didn't need either of those deleted scenes i don't, don't think they would have added anything no I don't we, think it would have made me go that was a good storyline we, we already had too much of the kramer in the sand i thought yeah yeah we had
0: way yes, too much did. of the kramer in the sand we didn't need one more
1: <laughs> yeah uh the production crew wanted to use the animatronic whale from the recent film free Willy for the scene at the beach <laughs> But due to miscommunication, the owners of the animatronic whale thought the Seinfeld crew wanted the real whale and they declined their request. Oh my um, God. The crew did make a CGI whale. But Larry David, uh, and Larry David actually was pleased with how the real CGI whale looked. I'm sure if we had watched it today, it would have looked like garbage. 1994 CGI <laughs> whale. Can you imagine? It would have looked like uh, like polygons, like Virtua Fighter, or like um, like a whale from Tomb Raider, like the first Tomb Raider game or something.
0: <laughs>
1: it would have looked. But eventually, like they all decided. Garbage.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Eventually, they decided the scene would be more effective if the whale were kept off camera. So I thought it was. I remember always thinking it was weird that despite this being a beached whale. We never see the whale anywhere near the beach.
0: <laughs> we never see the whale
1: for crying no, out loud.
0: No, you don't. Uh, but man, I'm wondering why they didn't like follow up with the production crew of Free Willy saying like, "Hey, no, we actually want the animatronic, not not the real whale."
1: You know? Yeah, maybe their maybe their declining of it um, was just like a just a no, and they were like, "Oh, okay, well, we asked," you know, and there wasn't like, "No, we don't." you know we don't want you to beach a real whale <laughs> or something like that <laughs> like you guys they wanna, must have given a reason or whatever. you guys
0: want to beach a real whale absolutely <laughs> not and then uh
1: larry a real D- movie star
0: whale <laughs> <laughs> and then larry david and crew are just like oh well they 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 are adamant at uh their their no as an answer so we can't follow up on this <laughs> yeah jesus did
1: you like the movie free Willy? i liked free Willy and
0: free Willy too I did. I, I did like Free Willy. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I was... Yeah. Uh, my sister and I were very young whenever it came out, so it was like perfect for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was... Um, let me see. It's 93, so I was like 12. So uh, probably about the age of the kid in the film. I loved the movie. I remember I bought it like with my own money on VHS from... <laughs> I think it was like from Sam's Club, and it came in like one of those big clamshell style... Yes. Oh, clamshell. How appropriate for... Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, and... Uh, and I had the soundtrack on cassette, too. The soundtrack was absolutely amazing because it had that Michael Jackson song, Will You Be There? And it had um, some other good songs on it, too. Probably if I looked back, I'd be like, well, that's that's not a good soundtrack. But I remember I wore the tape out um, as a kid listening to the Free Willy soundtrack. <laughs> um, let me see what else from the last episode. Oh, George's climactic whale monologue was not in the first original script it was a rewrite that larry david and jerry seinfeld came up with in a burst of late night inspiration because the monologue was written at the last minute there was no time to rehearse it despite this jason alexander's delivery on the first take was so satisfying that they didn't do any other shots. They didn't do any other takes of that speech. That's huh. evidently the first take that we're seeing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, pretty awesome. Just you know, We've talked time and time again about how good of an actor Jason Alexander is. And even in this upcoming episode, uh, The Pie, there's a great moment that I loved uh, of Jason Alexander. And so that just, again, speaks to his strengths as a great actor. Uh, and here's uh, the final bit I'll mention about the marine biologist. Jerry Seinfeld considers it to be one of his favorite episodes. Really?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it was it was definitely a very good episode. I don't know if
1: it would be my favorite, though. No, like, I didn't even star it. And it only occurred to me when I read that that, like, this is the first of the Seinfeld greatest hits playlist that doesn't really hold up. Everything else, like the puffy shirt and, and all of the ones that you think about, I, I've been saying over and over again, like, man, well... You know what? It, it seems cliche, but the puffy shirt just is funny. I know it's a great episode, and, mm-hmm. and but you, know, you almost feel cliche for liking Jerry's big hit single. But the Marine Biologist, I felt, was the first in the greatest hits pantheon that didn't really hold up. I mean, w- there were lots of little storylines that I was like, well, that didn't go anywhere. And it's funny. I mean, George's monologue pretty much saves the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, all the rest of it, I was like, eh, yeah, I don't know. Like even going back and listening to us talk about it, you know, I, I wasn't as excited about it as I was something like the puppy shirt let's say
0: i I definitely think i would have liked it more if it wasn't for the the freaking sand (laughs) yeah just take the sand
1: out um and i that's all i have as far as homework and trivia and stuff
0: okay uh i i don't have anything more uh but i i wanted to bring this up uh for like a a newsworthy bit did you see uh trending earlier this week the similarities between the joe devola character arc
1: and joker i did but i haven't seen joker and so i didn't read it will it spoil a ton well see
0: i haven't seen joker either but i heard uh, yeah. some people talking about it i heard one of our other morning shows talking about it and i, I heard like all bits that i have seen before as far as like joe davola goes and then i hear yeah. them over like one of the speakers and says and then finally the last time we see joe davola and then i just plug my ears and go la 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 oh. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I didn't read I didn't read the article, but I I just wanted to, like, bring that up as like a, just a point of attention, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I did hear <laughs> about it. But again, I, I didn't want to read anything because I I, I want to go in. I'm surprised that I've lasted this long without knowing anything about what happens in Joker, because it's I think it's bigger than anyone thought it was going to be. I mean, it's, it's getting, you know, Oscar buzz and stuff like yeah. that. So I, I, um, I do know yeah, one I,
0: spoiler I, for the end. I won't tell you. Um, but I, I don't really think it ruins the movie.
1: Okay, well, I'd still rather not know. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs>
1: Okay. Awesome. All right. Do you have anything else? So if you have seen Joker, you can go and check that out. Uh, no, I don't. Okay.
0: Before we get into things, we are not a
1: research-heavy show. Uh,
0: I mean, despite the last 20-so minutes or something. Uh, but <laughs> we we like to do our research after the episode and assign it to ourselves the following week as homework. If we miss something as we are talking about the show, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us a tweet, send us an email at nohugging or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description or on the podcast page on apple podcasts uh if you do like what you hear please give us a five star rating and a written review on apple podcasts and we will send you a no hugging no learning sticker once we get those made those do not exist yet uh but i have looked at the prices on a sticker website i i have gotten that far uh but those are uh (laughs) in the works sometime in 2020 that being said, <laughs> season 5, episode 15, <laughs> The Pie, original air date February 17th, 1994. I was 1 year, 1 month and 28 days old, and if you're looking in TV guide that night, you're gonna see who. All right, here we go. <laughs> Jerry obsessively worries when he takes his date to a restaurant famous for their apple pie and she refuses to eat a piece. Meanwhile, Elaine discovers that a mannequin resembling her has been showing up in quite a few window displays.
1: Uh, I hate uh, it. I think I can already see some stuff we're going to (laughs) cut. It it is really long. So much. <laughs> well, we'll see at the end if we can do any better with it. Uh, all right, we start with the stand-up bit as usual, and this is about how mannequins are kind of an insult to our intelligence. Like, you, you, there's no way you'd be able to figure out what this shirt looks like, so we're gonna put it on this uh, thing that looks like a human. And then Jerry said that the next step for mannequins is crash test dummy, which I don't think is true. I don't know why you <laughs> would crash test dummies. <laughs> I think are like you know meant to mimic humans even more. You know, yes, and and, uh, and actually be like the same weight and and <laughs> move around and you know. But anyway, um, and then he then he like goes on. This is very early for Jerry Seinfeld. I feel like, but it's a joke that Jerry Seinfeld today could tell because he sort of like rails against someone who's, like, p- uh, politically correct and saying, oh, uh-huh. they're not mannequins, they're the life-deprived.
0: Yeah, well, I- in place of, like, I-, I think in this stand-up bit, he says that he's like, oh, well, you know, some people would call them the life-deprived. You know, in 2020, if he's telling this joke, he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you got snowflakes who would call them the life-deprived.
1: Yeah, I think he even said, like, some moron or something like that. I think he, like, yeah. used a pretty strong, like... <laughs> You know, some some idiotic moron would say, "No, they're not mannequins; they're the life deprived." But anyway, this was this was this is like another solid, like okay, boomer moment from Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> early Seinfeld.
0: <laughs> I mean, how, how many times uh, I, have we I, pointed I, out that Jerry Seinfeld is a boomer in like a thirty-something-year-old body <laughs> in this show?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over and over and over again. So <laughs> it, it was just really interesting that, you know, I guess he comes by it honest if, if, if as long as we're st- this isn't like a new a new line of thinking for him when he's like, oh, I don't like playing colleges because they're, you know, blah, blah, blah. They get up offended by everything. <laughs> um, he was doing that back in 94. You know, God, <laughs> um, we open in monks and Jerry is on a date. And they have finished up with their meal, and uh, the date says she's full, but Jerry has some apple pie that he's going to share with her, and she won't eat the apple pie. She's very stern about it. Like, mm-hmm. at first she just says, you know, and they, oh, no, thank you. But then she just, like, won't <laughs> even – She just her eyes are wide, and she's, like, staring at it and just, like, shaking her head very quickly back and forth. And with
0: Jerry's delivery here – I don't know if you caught this – it seems like he's either lying to her or setting her up for something – but he grabs the pie and he's like, "Ah, there, there's some apple pie. Best apple pie in the city. Mm, <laughs> delicious." Yeah.
1: Well, I think he was. I think the idea was to share. I think uh, he was well, gonna. Well, yes, but know, he just doesn't. It share. He has like no inflection in his voice. Is what I'm saying. It's like, mmm, delicious. I think he's just surprised she's not like. All right, I'm not gonna wait for you. I think he said something like that. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna just keep eating, and you might not get any. And. He's just surprised that she's fine with that. Uh, And and in the apartment the next day, presumably, he's explaining all this to George. Mm -hmm. And they also have a conversation about, I forget where this comes up, where Jerry asks why they can't have moving sidewalks. Oh, yeah. George is like, well, did you say something that offended her? And Jerry's like, the only thing I can think is that I said that we should have moving sidewalks all over the place in the city like they have at the airport. And George (laughs) is like in love with the idea. (laughs) He can't think of anything else now. Uh, but uh, yeah George even says like maybe she's diabetic
0: but Jerry says no she carries Entenmann's donuts in her purse
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so it's not that she doesn't like dessert or doesn't like sugar it's just that she would not try this apple pie Um, Elaine comes in she mentions that she dumped someone once for not offering her pie or food and that she has a pebble in her shoe and I like this Jerry's like you don't really hear that happening to women Um, (laughs) I don't know if it's I don't know if that's true or not but when he said it I was like yeah, I think he's right about that. <laughs> but uh, but Elaine is even like,
0: what is that supposed to mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, then Kramer comes in and he tells Elaine to do this. And he like poses in kind of like a funny way. <laughs> and then he goes, it is you. He's like, there's a mannequin that looks like you down at the store. And so Elaine and George are off to Renizzi's, uh to go check it out. And Kramer grabs Jerry's spatula to like scratch his back, uh, which is disgusting to jerry the germaphobe
0: yeah and i i want to point out uh, like uh kramer kramer's entrances uh by this point I, I know we've talked about it over the last couple of episodes where they've either done uh, a weird kramer entrance or like he's already been in the room or something to try and like silence yeah. or try and tepper tepper tepid what's the word tamper
1: oh t- t- uh, tamper yeah tamp tamper temper 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 Try to temper. I think it's yeah. temper.
0: Try to temper his like uh, entrances and his reactions from the crowd. Yeah, he comes in full Kramer, and there is nothing.
1: Fantastic. I like, didn't even notice. Like his entrances have—they've just disappeared so slowly. Yeah,
0: I guess yeah. Like his entrances have effectively been silenced completely. Uh, that and yeah. like he's got the line in here. He says, uh, "It's like they chopped off your legs, dipped you in plastic, screwed you all back together again, and stuck you on a pedestal."
1: <laughs> yeah. Over at Renitzis, which I think I spelled differently every single time, I was spelling it like R N I R I N I Z Z I S, but I think there's oh, a T in there somewhere. You're so
0: close. It's R I N I T Z
1: E. I think it's like Renitz. Oh, oh, man! George and Elaine are both staring at the mannequin because it. I got to admit, it really does look like Elaine. It does. <laughs> they did a good job.
0: I, I wonder if um, I wonder if they actually just found a mannequin that looked like Elaine. Or if they created a mannequin that looked like
1: Elaine, I'm wondering. Perhaps we'll find out uh, next week with the the trivia bit. Um, it, and a lot of it is well, I was I wanted to say that a lot of it was the, the hair, like it's got that sort of poof in the front, like yes, Elaine always does. Yes, but but it's not. I mean, a, a lot of it is the uh, the face. I mean, they really they really did do a good job. <laughs> um, and George tries on a suit, and then the foreign blonde sales lady comes up. And uh, really just like selling George on the suit. Like that suit fits you perfectly and stuff like that. Like really just uh, buttering him up. And she also won't tell Elaine where the mannequin came from. And Elaine really gets into it with her. I really cracked up when she said, listen here, Natasha, uh, which I think was probably a reference to Boris and Natasha from the old um, Bullwinkle cartoons. The fact that, like, she probably sounds Russian.
0: I I just figured it was because she probably had a name tag on.
1: Oh, no, I think I think it was like kind of a dig. Like, uh, you know, listen here, Natasha. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's my guess. But the suit is is far too expensive for George. But it is going to be half off later in the week when they have Mm. an unadvertised sale. And so George... He sort of hides the suit. He only puts it like one suit behind. He only puts it like behind <laughs> he, the another he, suit. He does so it's like tr- second in the line. He
0: does try to hide it like uh, near the back of the rack,
1: though, I thought. I thought it looked to me like he put it right behind the front one. And I was <laughs> Did like, what that's not hiding it. Uh, okay, th- there's a few things
0: I wanted to point out about this scene. One being, how do you feel about mannequins with faces?
1: Um, honestly, it, it didn't look out of place to me. Why?
0: Because I'm always creeped out when a mannequin has a face.
1: Yeah, I guess, is it is it more common now for them just to have, like, bumpy features, like where a nose would be and either, sort of, like, indentations where the eyes would be but not any either, actual features? Either
0: bumpy features or just, like, no, like, hands and head or something like that. Like, you're yeah, just showing yeah. off, like, the clothes or something. But uh, whenever whenever I can tell, like, there was a lot of effort to make this look like a person, I find it to be just a little bit <laughs> creepy. Uh, that and, yeah, jo- I- and George is so oddly shaped – how is he going to fit perfectly into a suit right off the rack?
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. We find out later he's, what, a 40 short, I think he said?
0: Yes. Yes. That and the uh, the saleswoman, uh, she's obviously trying to make a sale to George, but she sees that he's in there with Elaine, and she's insulting Elaine, but George is yeah. such a little sponge that he probably
1: likes it. <laughs> yeah yeah That is that would be a weird way to make a sale for them to insult your friend even if they're not like a couple like you're still you know yelling and fighting with my friend and, and uh... but yeah George would definitely pick a hot woman over his own mother well that's not saying much over <laughs> Elaine <laughs> I was like wait we're talking about George here let me find a, a better okay we'll just go back to Elaine he would pick a hot woman over Elaine <laughs>
0: How dare he want to pick a hot woman over his own mother?
1: But no, I mean, like, you know, if his mom was like dead in the street, he would still walk down with, you know, (laughs) not like he wants to date his mom. Mom,
0: I I know know, know that's not what you meant, but that's kind of what it came off as.
1: Oh, well, I was I was I thought you were laughing because, you know, he would pick a hot woman over his (laughs) over his own mom. (laughs) Meaning, like, if his mom was in trouble, he would still, you know, do whatever oh, with the, okay, the hot okay. woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, like I, he would I, run over his own mother if, if he if it meant he could get a hot woman or something uh, like that. But we are. But I was like, we're talking about George, so he would run over his own mother for like a Drake's coffee cake or something. You know, uh, How, uh,
0: probably. But I'm I'm here picturing. He like, doesn't think very Ger- I'm pi- I'm over here picturing uh, George uh, weighing the options between a hot woman and his mommy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, and so back at Monk's, Elaine has called the mannequin supply store and they wouldn't tell her where the mannequin came from either. I don't know why these, I mean, if anything, like the mannequin supply store is like, well, you know, we're trying to make a sale for a mannequin, you know, like no one's trying to make a sale here, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It just seems weird information to withhold, like who designed the mannequin or whatever. But, uh, then Jerry sees, um, two old ladies sitting in the booth behind them. And so, he goes over there having an interaction about the pie, and one woman offers her some apple pie, and the other woman says, I don't want any. And Jerry's like, but you gave her a reason, right? She's like, of course I gave her a reason. I'm not a psycho. And Jerry's <laughs> like, yes, you're not a psycho. Thank you, ladies. And uh, and he like leaves the tip on the table for her. Jerry goes back over. And he's like, well, I think we've proven who the psycho is. And Elaine goes, we certainly have, because Jerry's like... So obsessed with finding out why his date didn't eat the pie that he'll go have a weird interaction with two strangers like that. And Kramer is still scratching his back. And he wants Elaine to scratch his back. I love this line. He's like, come on. He's like trying to get Elaine to scratch his back. Come on. It'll be a funky adventure. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that. Uh, I loved that line. It'll be a funky adventure. We'll scratch each other's back. Uh, but then Kramer gets, uh, you know, notices that the clerk has, or, uh, he has an interaction with the clerk, and she has giant, huge, fake fingernails, and so he gets a back scratch from her, and. It's absolutely mind-blowing. He's, like, <laughs> orgasming over it. Oh, my God.
0: It, it, it's definitely bringing, like, some sexual pleasure to Kramer. Like... <laughs> yeah, ju- yeah. Just his facial expression. In the past few episodes... It's a little disturbing.
1: We've realized Kramer... Kramer gets sexual pleasure from odd, you know, we're like learning a lot about it, like <laughs> making people watch porn, quote unquote, prank calling uh, phone it's, sex lines. It's a prank, and bro. Now, yeah. And now getting his back scratched uh, <laughs> in public by big fake nails. <laughs> back at Renitzi's, George is showing up to guard the suit but there's a guy who really looks i mean they did a good oh job God. finding a guy that looks exactly <laughs> like george to play this part
0: they just found like I, I think throughout the rest of my notes i just referred to this guy as the other dumpy guy <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I, I mean he's so george like it's absolutely amazing like the glasses the hair the, the body type everything is so similar to to jason alexander it's it's hilarious
1: Yeah, even his voice and delivery, like the way that he's (laughs) speaking, like there's an alternate episode where. You know, this guy is the George of his group, and and you know because oh he's snarky God. right back at like they're both snarky towards each other in the very same way. It's it's really awesome. And he's trying on the suit, and again the uh, clerk tells the guy that he looks perfect in the suit, <laughs> and George tells him he's like, hey, but look, it's gonna be half off. They have a unadvertised oh, sale starting but, Monday.
0: But you you skipped over that George comes oh. in pretending to be one of the employees, and he's like, can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> just the, the worst yeah, yeah. worst european accent and the the guy sees right through it and george is <laughs> yeah, like, he's like Do you even work here he's <laughs> like uh no but look I- i'm i'm helping you out uh, they're actually having an unadvertised sale and i i think you just said uh, it starts m- monday He he hesitates for (laughs) half a second, but then Natasha, I I will refer to her as Natasha because we get (laughs) no other name for her. Uh, Natasha comes by and she even, she calls George on his bluff she's like, actually the unadvertised sale starts on Friday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I love these like, you know, for an unadvertised sale, you're doing a lot of blabbing about it or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. And then she starts. Uh, Natasha starts undressing the Elaine mannequin and George gets all hot and bothered. I thought this was just hilarious. Like he doesn't (laughs) know if he should be looking at it. He wants to look at it. It, 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 He's like, you know, grabbing it is clutching it as his collar and stuff like that. It was it was this is what I was talking about earlier when I was like, this is Jason Alexander just being hilarious.
0: Yeah, yeah, this was this was a good bit
1: (laughs) Uh, over at Poppy's, the restaurant Poppy's, which is Audrey's father's restaurant uh jerry asks about the pie and and why she won't try it because he's still obsessed with it, and she still won't tell him why she wouldn't eat the pie um and jerry's like all right let's i'll just drop it just to kind of reset i'm gonna go to the bathroom and then come back uh in the bathroom uh poppy comes out of the stall while jerry is washing his hands and he tells jerry he's going to personally Prepare a delicious meal for him and for Jerry and his daughter. And then he walks out without washing his hands, something that Jerry is like stunned. He just freezes because he's so <laughs> stunned because he can't believe he didn't wash his hands. Back out
0: of their table. Yeah. Did you see, like, I mean, all of the close ups? Uh, on poppy like handling this dough this is unsanitary <laughs> for many reasons not just that he didn't wash <laughs> his hands like food service you can't have rings on your hand uh if you're handling oh. food like with your bare hands y- you well a you shouldn't b you can't have like uh like are i think he had his like shirt open uh, a little bit you you can't have that food oh, service yeah. rules especially now i mean granted 94 they were probably a little more lax uh but this In is new york city yeah yeah this is unsanitary for many reasons other than just not washing his hands
1: <laughs> yeah i they did a really good job making this look disgusting like he i, I wrote down he's molesting the dough <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only word I, for it poppy is mean, molesting the dough
0: y- you're not wrong is the thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry, here's what I would have Here's the way I would have made it okay in my mind I bet back there in the back And this goes back to you know food service And, and this is something the health department looks for You're going to have a sink back there with some super hot water uh-huh. And some super good soap Who's to say Poppy doesn't like that soap better than the cheap Bath soap that he puts in his bathrooms At his restaurant trying to cut corners I, hmm. If I was Jerry I would have been like you know what I bet there's a sink back there And I bet he's washing his hands back there And I'm going to make it, It's going to be okay Hmm yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: I I don't know. But also, Poppy could have even just like I, I mean, we'll we'll get into this after I think the commercial break of the of the episode. But he he could have even just like humored Jerry and just like run his hands under the water or something. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do mention that. I guess it, just keeping up. And in fact, they they did a great job. They put that sign like really prominently in the shot. It's like employees must wash hands before returning to work. (laughs) Uh, And Jerry is just still stunned watching Poppy molest the dough like this. Over at Monk's, uh, Kramer comes in, he's got flowers for the cashier with the giant nails from monks. We find out her name is Olive and they leave together. So I guess Kramer is now kind of dating this Olive with the giant nails.
0: Does Olive look really young to you?
1: Well, was was this kind of creepy? She, I'll say no, but tell <laughs> okay. me why you think she, I, I don't think she looked young. I th- That's what I was going to say. I, okay. I think she maybe looked like somebody who, I don't know. She didn't look young to me.
0: Okay, maybe it's just because of like uh, the way she was like talking or something. I I pictured that she would be like, I don't know, like like very early 20s. And I mean, at this point, we know Kramer is the older one of the group. So he's like at least like, I don't know, anywhere from 39 to 45. Yeah, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You think she's too young for him?
0: Y- 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 yes, I don't know. It was it was just kind of a weird <laughs> bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, back at P- Poppy's, the pizza comes out, and so I- I'm confused about the name Poppy. This is where I wrote it down, so I might <laughs> as well bring it up. Like Audrey calls her dad Poppy. I guess is that yeah. like, but then everybody, but then everybody calls him Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> so is Poppy his name or is poppy short for is is like poppy a nickname for a dad and just everybody calls him dad it's just weird (laughs) that like because audrey calls him poppy and i'm like well now i'm confused growing
0: up he had the dream of the entire city of new york calling him daddy and so he opened a restaurant where everyone would have to be forced to call him daddy
1: Yeah, I'm like, I always thought it was kind of his name, like, you know, <laughs> like maybe a shortened version. Like, he's got a very thick, I guess, Italian accent. Yeah. Audrey, like, they couldn't look more disparate. He's got, like, dark olive skin <laughs> and a thick accent. Audrey is, like, a pale as can be. Yes. And I think mostly blonde and no accent whatsoever.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. They, they couldn't find, like, a worse pair to be father and daughter. Uh, but, like, it, it, in that... In that vein, if Poppy is his name, it's so weird that Audrey is calling her dad by his first name.
1: Exactly. So it's either it either has to be his name or it has to be dad. It, it can't in my mind be both. It simply can't. Like like later on and he, like later on, the health inspector will say, We're looking for Poppy. Are you Poppy? You know, and like so all right, that's the name that he goes by. And then in this scene, Audrey's like, Oh, Poppy, it looks delicious. Like, that makes more sense to me that it's Pop like Audrey calls him Poppy. Everyone else calls him Johnny or whatever his real name is. You know, like that's the way I would have preferred. Her, but that's not the way it works.
0: Or, or maybe he just got lucky. Maybe Poppy's dad named him Poppy, which is a name for a dad. You know? <laughs> you
1: yeah. Know what? And it just so happened when Audrey was growing up that you know in her baby talk, it just always said she just always said Poppy, so she never stopped calling him that. <laughs>
0: you know what? Whenever I have a kid, I'm naming them Daddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so all of and, their life they'll um, be called
0: daddy and then when they're a dad everyone will call them daddy but their first name will also be daddy
1: <laughs> yeah Audrey and Poppy have a very like Bart and Homer relationship where she just calls him by his name you know? <laughs> hey Homer I wonder if he has any other kids what they call him I, now I want to know more I have <laughs> no to know no more idea. unless this is his only kid <laughs> uh, and so you know they, they offer Jerry a slice of pizza and he shakes his head Uh, in exactly the same way at Audrey's insistence that he tries, Jerry, try the pizza. And he just stares at it and shakes his head back and forth really quickly, just like Audrey did regarding the pie in that very first scene. Back at the apartment, Jerry's explaining to George what happened and that he and Audrey haven't spoken since. Kramer comes in and returns the spatula and in sort of like one motion, you know, he, he hands it to Jerry and Jerry grabs it with like his index and thumb and drops it directly into the trash can. I thought that was kind of a funny (laughs) little, uh, almost like in the background, uh, motion and the store opens up, Renitzi's opens up in 20 minutes. And so George has to run down to the store when we get into the apartment, by the way, George and Jerry are eating cereal. And then George says the store opens in 20 minutes. So George and Jerry were having breakfast together. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that weird that, like, your friend shows up at... Because I'm guessing, let's say the store opens at, I don't know, 9. We could be 10 if we want to be generous, but, uh-huh. you know, it's a big unadvertised sale. Let, let, I mean, I'm going to say 9, so it's 8.40 right now. That means George, like, got to Jerry's, like, around 8, and they had cereal, and then... I, it just seems weird to me.
0: <laughs> I mean, we've seen them do, like, uh, a, a lot of things as friends. I, I guess, like, just showing up to have breakfast... With him? Because, I mean, he's there all the time anyway. Yeah. I guess that doesn't uh, sound too far-fetched to me.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, how about we meet at Monk's for breakfast? Like, no, come over and have a bowl of cereal on my couch. It <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> just seemed like, even for a friend, you know. But here's here's the way that it might, like, you know, George, we know, lives outside of the city. I think his parents live in Queens. We've, we've pretty much decided. So George has to commute into the city on a Friday they are typically, you know, in most big cities, you know, not as – the commute's not as difficult on Friday. I think a lot of people take them off um, in, in bigger cities If I was going to just pontificate and just kind of hypothesize there. But so he had to like I'm, – I'm thinking maybe he mistimed his commute and got into Manhattan too early and was like, hey, it's 8 o'clock. I, You know, I – I thought it was going to take me a lot longer to get into the city. So can I just come over? And it was eight o'clock and Jerry's like, fine. That, that's the way I'm writing it in my
0: head. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get where you're going.
1: Yeah. It, like he, you know, he left super early so that he would make sure to be there on time and he got there <laughs> too early. So he, you know, but then that leisurely breakfast with Jerry, you know, he, he had to get run down to the, uh, run down to the store that opens in 20 minutes. I want to know what they were eating, what
0: cereal they were eating together.
1: <laughs> uh, Jerry doesn't have any if you've ever looked at a cereal shelf he doesn't have anything interesting it's like Oreo <laughs> I mean not Oreos um, uh, Cheerios and cornflakes and just boring like brand stuff
0: <laughs> Jerry's a guy that thinks raisin bran is fun
1: yeah, exactly. With the I, like I am, whenever I get a chance to eat cereal, I don't blow it on something stupid like Cheerios. I go and I buy <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I buy Fruit Loops, I Hell buy yeah. Lucky Charms, I buy Pops, I buy Reese's. You know, I'm not going to buy something boring. You Absolutely. Cereal is awesome.
0: See, I I eat uh, a um, lot of cereal and we just went to Target the other night and there was a half off giant like plastic bag of Cookie Crisp and a half off box of chocolate peanut butter cheerios which i didn't know were a thing
1: yes awesome and are they both good
0: uh the the cheerios are not they are not good at all i i can see why they didn't really make that much of a buzz
1: yeah you know that's something that a a healthy brand like cheerios is definitely going to screw up you know
0: (laughs) although they get honey nut cheerios perfect they get honey nut cheerios that's true
1: and I loved Frosted Cheerios. I thought Frosted Cheerios were a home run.
0: I don't think I ever had Frosted Cheerios. Interesting.
1: I think they're still around. Yeah, check them out. I mean, they they, they did nail those. But uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld has a funny bit about Cookie Crisp where, you know, we used to be able to fool our parents with the sugary cereals because they, they didn't look. But then Cookie Crisp came along and just ruined everything. <laughs> it's like, here are tiny chocolate chip cookies that you're putting milk on. There's no disguising it. It's like, that's what it is. And it, it ruined sugar cereals for kids everywhere forever
0: like there's there's no way to make chocolate chip cookies even remotely healthy
1: exactly yeah that's all (laughs) i mean they are just tiny cookies it's not like (laughs) tiny cookie shaped no they're they're not even tiny they're big
0: (laughs) they're pretty big and they they look like chocolate chip cookies
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty funny (laughs) over at rinitz's now the other guy the other george is waiting at the door and he like runs right in as soon as they open the door and George is like very nonchalantly walking in which I was which piqued my interest as a viewer and so the other guy runs to the suit rack and George had quote unquote misplaced the suit they both wanted in a rack on the other end of the store and he goes oh well why is this over here and so George is able to buy the suit and the guy vows revenge on George um, I would love a nice super cut of like every time someone has vowed revenge on a member of the gang because it's very, it's it's always a very similar script. Like I don't know how, but I'm going to get you back for this. Like we've seen this at least a <laughs> few times already up into this point, haven't we? I think so. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed very familiar, and I was like, I love this. Um, and so the guy's like, you'll pay, and George's like, yeah, half price. This uh, was and then he goes, such... Arrivederci, my fellow 40 short.
0: This was such <laughs> a good scene. And I, I just wrote, it felt oh, yeah. good for George to finally get a W, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least for now. For now, As we'll yes. find out with most Ws that the gang gets, it, it very quickly turns into an L. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... it. Cause he had he had a great I mean this it reminds me of his line Tata tatel when he's like <laughs> you know I'll have you know I you know he has had other job lined up and again that quickly turns into an L in the very next scene uh, mm-hmm. and this one he had another great Arrivederci, my fellow forty short <laughs> <laughs> uh, back over at Monks uh, Elaine has some suspected mannequin makers people she might have run across uh, in in the past who might have made the mannequin and. Jerry has an attitude about it, so she reads like one guy off the list and then won't read anymore. Well, I didn't that, even write down the that, one guy that she thought might have done it.
0: That one guy was a blind guy who felt her face for a very long time. Oh, yeah, at a
1: party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, George comes in uh, looking fly in his suit, but as he's moving around in front of Jerry and Alinda at <laughs> the table, they notice that it makes a... Funny like swooshing sound, <laughs> and George starts panicking immediately because he's got this lunch interview. That's what he wanted the suit for, um, and he just has heard such horrible things about this boss that he's going to work for that the last guy who got fired, um, you know, didn't uh, got fired because his nose whistled or something like that. And so he's panicking about the the funny noise that his suit makes. Meanwhile, Kramer is uh, there, kind of uh, hanging out with Olive at her desk, which I'm sure the her boss must love oh yeah but he mentions to jerry hey i saw audrey in here eating an apple pie and this just puzzles mm. jerry again to no end that it's not it's not the apple pie she was just in here eating an apple pie um and then a guy stops by the table uh and sa- asks, you know points <laughs> kind of points it like gives elaine like the finger guns like hey don't i know you from somewhere and elaine's like no you don't and he's like wait, no, yeah, you're wearing a G-string and a bra with points on it. <laughs> um, and uh, and she's like, oh my gosh, listen to what they've done to my mannequin. So then they run to Renitzi's and the mannequin has been set up getting spanked, uh, and I, I did love this joke. Jerry's like, the resemblance is uncanny. I mean, did you did you think that was as dirty as I did? That like Jerry saw the mannequin from behind and was like, "Wow, that's Elaine's ass." You know, like it was kind of referencing that. I I, I mean, I I didn't even think of it as being like super dirty.
0: I, I didn't even think of it that yeah. way because now that I now that I realized it, they they've had sex. Jerry knows what Elaine looks yeah. like naked.
1: I uh, so exactly so, th- so the th- fact th- that she's like is- bent over you know <laughs> and, and he didn't see her from the front he's looking at her from behind like very clearly staring at her ass and going the resemblance is uncanny
0: it, it's hilarious it, it's even funnier now I think
1: yeah uh, I, I loved it I thought it was very uh, subversive uh, and sly. <laughs> But um, Elaine, you you know, is, is like berating Natasha again. And she talks about, I'm going to start, I'm going to be pressing charges. And she's like, here's my lawyer right here. And (laughs) Jerry starts like spouting off. Well, there's a uh, a lot of precedent. There's uh, Winchell versus something or other, the Charlie McCarthy hearings. And I only, I'm like, I have a feeling maybe we should write this down for homework. What Jerry was talking about, because I think these are all old comedian names. Like I know Charlie McCarthy is a uh, ventriloquist dummy from like, you know, oh the 1930s really? 30s and 40s or something like that. Oh yeah, my yeah. god.
0: Um, okay. Do you remember like the names that he spouts off? Uh, obviously, that it was Charlie McCarthy hearings. But do you remember like the somebody yeah. versus
1: somebody? One is Winchell versus, and I, I miss the other name. But if I was going to guess, just for uh, that, it was the um, that it's you know like a comedy duo again from WW2 or something.
0: Oh, probably.
1: <laughs> but I'll have to like look up the script and and just grab those for uh, next week's homework and just figure out because I'm sure they were once again ex- supremely outdated references. <laughs> um, and Natasha sort of like you know walks away from them, and Elaine picks up the mannequin and runs out. and I love Jerry's line here, like uh, as your legal counsel, I, I must advise against this. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and then in Jerry's car a second later, they're sitting three abreast. It's Elaine the Elaine Mannequin and Jerry, and Jerry sort of like looks over at them and goes, I don't know about you, I got a hankering for some Doublemint Gum, which maybe couldn't be a more dated reference. (laughs) Well, we just had like two extremely dated references. But do you even remember Doublemint Gum commercials, Ted? Uh, I, I do, but I think I really only remember them from, they had a relaunch
0: in like the early 2000s. But
1: yeah, I think you're right.
0: Uh, not like the original ads by any means, because those I think were what the 70s, right. maybe the 80s.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But they always feature twins. And so yeah. that's a little funny. Joe if if no one else is familiar with him uh yeah that was the that was the thing and they had a dumb jingle as well i don't remember what the jingle was i kept singing the jingle for big red i hmm. can't remember the double mint gum jingle was it but uh, that's okay cuz d- i'm sure
0: double your pleasure double your fun double your something with yeah. double mint gum
1: that's exactly right it wasn't as monotonous as that but <laughs> 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 it wasn't monotone but it had it had a little jaunty tune. <laughs> like double your pleasure double your fun <laughs> Double your ah. something, double me gum.
0: <laughs> now I just want to see a commercial with my
1: read of the of the ad
0: copy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: double your pleasure, double your fun, double something, double me gum. <laughs> <laughs> the, throw, yeah. in, throw
0: in like for the third line, just like double your uh, shit something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Double whatever, <laughs> double me <make> gum. <laughs> I think it's time for another relaunch (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) over. Over at uh, we're we're having lunch somewhere. Oh, I think it was called Peters. The restaurant was called Peters, where they're having lunch. We don't find that out till later. But George is walking with a bunch of people who his final oh. interview was with at this place, <laughs> Mackenzie's. Yeah,
0: It's a uh, Ray's Pizza. What? Yeah, it, yeah. It's Ray's Pizza. I, I saw the sign. I don't know if it's like supposed to be uh, something else, but the outside says it's one of the Ray's
1: pizzas in New York. Wait a minute. I saw the sign later and said Peters. (laughs)
0: Really? Maybe Ray's Pizza was next to it?
1: Maybe it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ray's Pizzas are normally like, barely have any seating at all, don't they? I mean, aren't they just like kind of walk in, grab your slice and ass out? I have no idea.
0: I I I just saw like a Uh. sign on the side of the window that said Ray's Pizza. Uh, But now that I think about it, it was kind of like, off to the side so maybe it was for the restaurant next to it
1: yeah or maybe they just like because there's a hanging sign above a door they show and it's and it says peter's but i only noticed it later later on yeah oh, okay um when they showed another exterior shot i guess but yeah so george is meeting the people from this mckenzie place here and you know i don't get this guy's line of things. He's like oh my office is too noisy so let's meet at a restaurant <laughs> what <laughs> It, like he's so obviously irritated by noise, and they're really playing this up because of George's suit. Uh-huh. Um, and like, you know, George is even like walking next to him. He's like, "Did you hear something?" And George is like, "Oh, uh, what? Uh, no." Like, obviously referencing George's suit noise, and then just talking about how irritated he is by awful noises. But still, then it's like you're gonna have a lunch meeting. At, at, like, <laughs> instead of it's gonna be noisier than an office. That's what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh,
0: did you did you catch his line? Uh, but he he said something to the effect of. It's quieter down here. We can concentrate without people, and he uses this word, without people whooshing around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did like that. (laughs) So they definitely pointed out that whooshing is on his list of like awful, (laughs) awful sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Over at Poppy's, uh, Jerry is confronting Audrey about the pie. Like He went right from Monk's to go talk to Audrey about, or I guess right from Renitzi's, as soon as he could get to Poppy's, to uh, confront her about the pie that she ate at Monk's. And at that point, like she still like, won't doesn't want to talk about it with Jerry, why she wouldn't eat the pie that night. But at that moment, the board of health walks in and this is where, again, the guy's like, are you Poppy? We're looking for Poppy. And I'm like, what's his name? I don't know. But they've had several complaints about this place. And Jerry's like, Oh, about the, uh," and he's sort of like mimes, washing his hands. Um, And so Poppy goes with the guys and Audrey's like, what's going on, Jerry, what's going on? He's like, well, Poppy's a little sloppy. (laughs) And that's pretty much that scene Uh, back at Peter's for lunch. They're all, all the guys at the table are laughing about George's suit and the fact that he was so worried about the sound that it was making. And the boss is like, Oh my, you thought that was enough? Like, you know, George's like, well, you know, I heard about the guy that had a nose whistle and you fired. He was like, no, it wasn't the nose whistle. He wasn't a team player. Dissent will not be tolerated. If you want to go your own way, this isn't the job for you and, and stuff like that. And, and, um, you know, George is like, uh, I forget what he says. It's something he's like. I've I've always been a conformist or something like that. It, uh, he it's he something says pretty funny.
0: it's the perfect job for George. He he says, uh, conformity is an obsession of mine.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> conformity <laughs> is an obsession of mine. Uh, and so then a waiter, the waiter drops off uh, a big piece of chocolate pie and is sure to say that the chef made it special for you. And from the plants over on the side of the restaurant, we see that the chef is the other George. And so everyone is, everyone at the table is attacking the pie except George. And George is, you know, Mackenzie, I'm guessing that boss guy, I'm just going to call him Mackenzie. Mackenzie is offering George, like George, have a bite. Uh, And everyone's like, Hey George, eat some of this chocolate pie after this big speech about how, you know, dissent will not be tolerated. Yeah. And George is just staring at it and shaking his head back and forth really quickly as everybody else has Jerry and Audrey before him when they don't want to eat something.
0: And then even like one of the guys says, if you're one of us, you'll take a bite.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I thought this was weird. Mackenzie offers his own fork to George, like a, like a wife <laughs> would do to a husband. Like here, try this. Like, I'm like, what? That That's gross. <laughs> He, like, you know, his fork, he offers it across the table. Like, what do you want George to, like, bite your fork? That's that's pretty gross. <laughs> thought that was weird. But I guess that's what Mackenzie expects from his, his employees. It's like, if you want to be an employee, you will eat after me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From the same utensil. Um, back at Monk's, George didn't get the job, but he's also the only one at the table that didn't get violently ill. Uh, Kramer is there, and he has been faking his itch for Olive. His rash or whatever it was went away a while ago, and so he's been faking how much he loves getting his back scratched by Olive. And you know, he's he, so he wants to break up with her because he doesn't need her anymore. And he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna go let her down easy." And instead of just saying like, (laughs) instead of just saying something, he like makes up a story about how there's somebody else. Like he could have just gone over there and said, "Hey, my back doesn't itch anymore." And I don't know why he felt the need to lie about this breakup. It just seems really weird.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I'm I'm very confused on this because I mean, someone with as much like game as Kramer has, he could very easily just say, "Hey, yeah, my back doesn't uh, itch anymore," but do you still want to go out? And she would probably still be into it but he yeah. decides to dump her in favor of the mannequin that looks like elaine
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he says that you know he says there's someone else and he points out into jerry's car and says well there she is it's the uh the mannequin well he doesn't say the mannequin but it is the mannequin that is still in jerry's <laughs> car and he grabs the keys from Jerry. He's like yeah we're going for a ride right now and kramer starts making out with the mannequin in full view of olive just so she knows that um, and it's funny. Olive does think it's Elaine. She's like, "That's not your girlfriend. I've seen her in here before," or something like that. And Kramer starts making out with the mannequin, and you know, just staring at Olive while he does it. Uh, which again, this might be another Kramer kink. Put it on the God. list. Me- me- um, meanwhile, and,
0: all of the limbs are falling off of the mannequin.
1: Yeah, the hand falls off, and Kramer, you know, does a funny double take at it, and and that's the end of the scene. And as it has been, um, you know, common at the in the second half of season five, there's no ending stand up bit. We are back at monks for the closing credits, and I and, and George is like, so you never solved the mystery, uh, the riddle of the pie, he says, which I'm um, I'm kind of disappointed that we never found out the reason why she wouldn't eat the pie.
0: Yeah, it's it's disappointing. I, I want to know like, did she also see like one of the one of the waitresses not wash her hands?
1: Yeah, right. Like, that makes sense if they would have if they would have shown that. Or, like, I can't imagine that Jerry didn't wash his hands, but something else. Yeah, like, they're, uh, I can't believe they didn't give us a reason. Also, I thought this was weird. Jerry's like, well, they're putting Poppy away for a long time. And then, like, George and Jerry, like, cheers their mugs. Like, her family <laughs> member, you know, being sent up the river by the health department is, like, a win for them.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and also, like. Well, good.
1: He wouldn't eat <laughs> pie, so or dad's going to jail. Good.
0: <laughs> he- he's going to go away for a long, long time for a health code violation yeah. so, something that definitely yeah. in the real world wouldn't just be a fine
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah if that like they might give him like 30 days to correct it and then come back and go okay it's good now you th- yeah know? Th-
0: that that's it like i you're right i don't know if it would even be a fine <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and elaine got a this this i thought was weird too like this is so dated elaine got a letter from a friend in chicago that saw a mannequin like <laughs> Did she write the letter like just to tell you that it was a man or this like a pen pal from Chicago that you write with often and they included something about the mannequin because like obviously email is not a thing, or at least in their offices right now. So it's weird that like I got a letter from a friend in Chicago it just seems so weird to me. Like, <laughs> why did this friend write this letter? Oh, my God. Uh, and so the the mannequins are now you know uh, proliferating and... You know, we don't know where they're coming from, but cut to creepy Ted yes. from the subway. Oh, who, so long ago. Who we learn his boss we is con- we, we learn yeah.
0: his name is Ricky. We we never knew his name before uh, this.
1: I didn't even hear that. But yeah, like his boss. Uh, well, yeah, his, his boss bo- comes in and tells him, "Ricky, your your TR six is you know is a massive success." And Ricky says, "I prefer to call her Elaine," <laughs> and that's the end of the episode.
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> creep good old creepy so that ted. paid
1: off good old creepy ted kind of paid off from an earlier episode so maybe we'll find out about the pie i really don't remember so watching this again for the first time i'm hoping that uh you know maybe maybe a little bit later on we'll get some uh pie because i do know that poppy shows up again oh really this isn't the last we see of poppy yeah <laughs> this isn't
0: the last you'll see of poppy he'll be back and you're gonna pay Um, okay so as far as homework for next week uh, do we want to look up uh, what jerry is talking about as far as like the this person versus this person case and the charlie mccarthy hearings
1: yeah yeah we'll try to figure out what those references were okay anything else that might be it okay yeah
0: did you, that's it did you want to try and come up with a better description for this
1: episode i'm sure we can i'm going to pay attention because i know sometimes you have to read it twice and i don't want you to have to go through that
0: <laughs> okay so it was Jerry obsessively worries when he takes his date to a restaurant famous for their apple pie, and she refuses to eat a piece. Meanwhile, Elaine discovers that a mannequin resembling her has been showing up in quite a few window displays. Okay, so right off the top, I have a suggestion. Yep. Uh, When the fuck did monks become famous for their apple pie?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Jerry does say it's the best in the city or whatever, but I think that that's just his personal opinion. I don't think Time Out New York wrote that or anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I am I like for the first part, because I like both of these parts, but I think we can shorten them up. I like for the first part, Jerry obsesses about his date's reluctance to try a piece of pie. Or okay. Something like that. And then and then Elaine, uh, What what's what's the second part? I'm sorry. I know I didn't want you to. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: at least I don't have to read the whole thing again. Elaine yeah, discovers yeah. that a mannequin resembling her has been showing up in quite a few window displays. First off, that's entirely wrong. It's in one store, and
1: and then one at the
0: end. Yeah, and one at the very end of the episode. Not even in the episode proper. It's in the post-credit scene. <laughs> so Elaine. But dis- we do
1: know it's a massive success. So they're they're selling a lot of them at the mannequin store. So
0: I guess, but like maybe it, you know, even just Elaine discovers implied, guess. Elaine discovers a mannequin that looks like her.
1: Bingo! That's what. That's where I was going to stop too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, oh, okay. What was your What was your bit for the first part?
1: So Jerry obsesses over his date's reluctance to try a piece of pie,
0: and Elaine discovers a mannequin that looks like her. Boom! Boom! God, we did it. And I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you what the one for next week isn't much better. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so next week we've got Season 5, Episode 16, The Stand-In, original air date, February 24th, 1994, and if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see, who, when Kramer is hired as a stand-in on a soap opera, he befriends a quote-unquote little person, but his advice on how to look taller doesn't sit well, and this is exactly how it's written, doesn't sit well with the midget's other friends. Elsewhere, George is ready to break up with his girlfriend. Big old yikes.
1: What are they doing?
0: Ah That's so long. It, it's oh so gosh. it's so long, and just like the the context of how this is written, it reads as someone who's like, oh, they want to be called little people.
1: Oh, so the quotes are there.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the quote is around uh, little oh person, gosh. and then there's no wow. other quote. It says, but his advice on how to look taller doesn't sit well with the midget's other friends. That sounds oh, very yeah. malicious.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like they made it a point to point out that, like, I'm using this one under duress, and this is the word I would normally use. Yeah, right?
0: Like, holy <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> but uh, obviously, if you listen to our Christmas special for Jingle All the Way, you know that we're going to meet one of the actors that was also in Jingle All the Way yes. in this next episode.
0: <laughs> one I didn't. Of the
1: I two didn't... Seinfeld actors from Jingle All the Way.
0: Uh, in this episode?
1: The stand-in, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. It, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know we met them both in the stand-in.
1: <laughs> oh, no, not both of them. I said one of two. One of oh, two. Oh,
0: I thought you said two yeah. Seinfeld actors from Jingle All the Way. Okay, okay. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. Okay. One of the two, yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. man. Uh, so I guess that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hall, Be good.